going on guys this is gary today is the 26th of march almost in april and almost double game week time so we have double game week 32 ahead of us before we get into um gonna change format a little bit this time around which i think um could be interesting hopefully it'll be interesting and um beneficial to you guys want to first remind you to please visit us at let's talk soccer on instagram and it's spelled out exactly like that our handle is at let's talk soccer so check us out on instagram all kinds of statistics information data um interesting things player updates team updates um different teams to share thoughts on our watch list selections for the upcoming game week all kinds of useful information for both fantasy premier league and the premier league in real life irl as the kids say these days all right so what i want to do is this i want to go through some questions that we wrote answers to for the latest article at our friends or with our friends at FPL Football Advice, and they are found at footballadvice.co.uk. We will, as we always do, post in our Instagram stories. We will um, create a post, and it will contain a link to which you may find the latest article that we contributed to. And I think this week it's just us and FPL football advice um, contributing, but we we definitely get into some meaty um, topics and questions for the double game week ahead. First thing, though, that I want to address is the double game week itself. So a lot of managers, at least the the more visible ones, uh, are planning to free hit for game week 32. A lot of others use their free hits up in the blank game week in week 31 that passed not too long ago and sort of a mixed bag for them. So hopefully those of us that are free hitting as we are in week 32 will have a much better fate than those that free hitted in game week 31. But if you're not free hitting for whatever reason, you don't have it, you're choosing it to use it another game week, whatever the reason, don't get so concerned about it because there are still very good options from teams that are playing just once in the game week. So for instance, um, of course, the Liverpool players, yes, they're playing against Spurs um, in their game, but you know that these guys are capable of scoring goals. So especially in in inform Mane, um, you've got Rondon, from Newcastle, you know, you've got players, you've got uh, Wilson and Frazier and King from Bournemouth. You have players that um, are on great form that, despite having just one game, can still bring in some hauls and, and generate some points for you. So don't worry a whole lot. In fact, those may end up being some great differentials if the free hitters um, blink for the most part, you may actually be um, be in a much better position at the end of game week 32. So don't um, fret too much about it. 
All right, so let's go ahead then, and we'll go sort of question by question um, and give a little sneak peek as to what our article is going to be about and what we're going to address because uh, we're reaching you with this article through Instagram and through Twitter, so a couple different platforms, and this this podcast is yet a a third platform that we can sort of uh, spread the word in the event that you don't find us through the other two means. All right, first question up is, um, and this word essential has been used a lot this week, but who are the essential picks for game week 32? And one of the things that we talk about to kind of set this question up is um, essential has different meanings to different people, and in FPL, it also takes on a couple of different meanings. So one application for us is could mean players that are all but certain to haul in an upcoming game week. So, for instance, um, a very, very in-form Raheem Sterling feels like an essential player. Um, Mane feels like an essential player because they're all but guaranteed to score some points, right? Um, on the other hand, it could also mean a player that has such a large, large ownership that the risk of not owning him is too great. Um, Salah is a great example of that. Despite not being on great form, despite blanking quite a bit, his ownership is still high. He's still essential in the fact that if you don't own him and he does in fact, find good form and score a couple goals or bring in a haul of some sort, you're at a major disadvantage. So those are um, two examples of essential. And then the third is sort of a combination of the two players right in the middle. So um, a Sterling, an Aguero, um, a Kane, Mane, <clears throat> players like that who have large ownerships and also are expected to produce a large quantity of points for a game week. So the list that we provide will be from one of those three spheres, and in fact, it may actually sort of meet in between the first two that we listed. So with favorable fixtures away at Fulham and home to Cardiff, Manchester City players will be the most in-demand players of the bunch, especially of the double game week teams or players on teams that have two games this coming week. On social media, we've seen that everyone is specifically talking about Aguero and Sterling, and rightfully so. Um, Aguero is a largely owned player. He has almost 40% ownership, and he can score a couple goals in the blink of an eye. People talk a lot about rotation, uh, management, it's limited limited minutes, but this is a guy who can score a hat trick in 25 minutes. So managed minutes doesn't necessarily equate to limited points. Sterling's recent form, um, both in the league uh, leading up to the international break and now including the international break, the guy is on fire, uh, makes him impossible to ignore. So these two players, Sterling and Aguero, 
will almost undoubtedly be the most captained players of the week, too. Um, I see both of them as essential, especially in a free hit squad, but also in non-free hit squads. These are, these are players that are too good to pass up. Additionally, on social media, we've seen a lot of references to a template team for the free hit teams. We've seen a lot about a template team, um, meaning that most free hit teams will include most or all of the same players or similar players. So these players are also largely owned on non-free hit teams too, but um, their matchups, their form, uh, make them too hard to ignore. So you sort of have a core base of players, maybe say six to eight that become the the base of a template team. So um, Sterling and Aguero, of course, Pogba, Hazard, Laporte seems to be in there quite a bit, and possibly Jimenez, and possibly Rashford and or Lukaku. So in order to compete on the free hit level, you kind of have to have most or all of those players, which then starts to become the outline of the template or the spine of the template, maybe. So for managers using their free hit chips, um, there are also some single game players that could be considered essential and also, you know, of course, for the, the non-free hit managers as well. These are players that, that, despite having just one game in the week, could still produce the equivalent of points of players that are playing two games. They're, they're that good, their form is that great, and they're just too hard to ignore. And that includes an extremely, extremely informed Mane and the aforementioned widely owned Salah. I think also the Arsenal strike duo of Lacazette and Aubameyang at home to Newcastle uh, presents a tasty opportunity there as well. <clears throat> so while most managers, whether they're free hitting or not, will have many of these players in their Game Week 32 squads. Um, the challenge and the fun of FPL comes in choosing the differential players, <clears throat> the ones sort of out in the margins, the outliers. So if you've got this template team of, say, six to eight players, <clears throat> you still have three to five players in your starting 11 that you need to choose, and this is where the separation will be created. This is where the differences come from. <clears throat> because there are so many, there's 10 teams playing twice in the week, it also means that there are, there's a large number of very viable, <clears throat> potentially strong players um, to choose from. So you take those 10 teams and each one has at least a couple of players <clears throat> worth considering for your Game Week 32 squad, and this is where the divisions are going to happen. So, questions like, do I pick Wambasaka or Schlupp? David Luiz or Rudiger? 
Ederson, Kepa, or De Gea in goal? Should I choose Zaha, Batshuayi, or Dini as my second or third striker? And then in the midfield, if I need a budget midfielder, am I looking at Delefeu, Milivojevic, or Hota? So those are the types of decisions that will face all of us, especially those that are free-hitting this coming week, which means a lot of thinking and pondering, a lot of rethinking, and then, of course, a lot of overthinking and overanalysis, and then that's where doubt creeps in. All right, so second question. That addresses the first one of essential picks for the free-hit teams for Game Week 32. Second up is, is Kane worth owning considering Spurs' tough fixture against Liverpool? And here's where we are on that one. So with three goals in his last four games, Kane is on pretty good form, right? Um, In the last five games, his expected goals per minute, his XG90 is .63. So not as high as you would like. Um, but Spurs do have two, ga- two games in week 32, which makes him even more appealing. <clears throat> Up first, they play away at Anfield to face Liverpool. In the last eight Premier League matches, Kane's played against Liverpool. He has scored five goals and had two assists, including three goals and one assist away at Liverpool. So his record <clears throat> in eight games is not that bad, including some some holes um, playing away at Liverpool. Then Spurs play their first Premier League match in their new stadium where they host Crystal Palace. In the games that Kane has appeared in against Palace, he's scored three goals and had two assists, and that's over nine league games. So, in fact, Kane has a better record against Liverpool than he does against Crystal Palace, which I found a bit interesting. Um, This season, he has neither scored nor assisted in the reverse fixtures that he's had against these teams. Compared to other forwards playing twice this week, Kane is a little further down the list as far as form goes. Players, even cheaper players like Jimenez, Lukaku, Dini, and Aguero appear before Kane, though does in terms of form. In terms of points per match, however, Kane is only second to Aguero. So 6.3 for Aguero, 6.0 for Kane. So points per match says a lot. That's ultimately what you're looking at on a week-by-week basis. For 12.5 million pounds, it feels to me and to Josh, to us, that there are better, less expensive options for forwards that have two games in week 32. For managers not playing the free hit, if they already own Kane, of course, it's completely fine to hold on to him. But for those that don't own him, where budget matters, we don't recommend you transfer him into your squad when there are better values out there to be had. And of course, saving money in that area allows you to spend money in other areas that may need it more. All right, so... That does it for Sir Kane. Next up, question three, and there's four in total. The best budget midfield options 
for double game week 32. Here is our response. Manchester City present quite a few players from which to choose. That's not right. Oh, sorry. I read the wrong thing. Okay. So you see a little bit of uh, behind the scenes. My bad. Read it wrong. There's a total of five questions. Question three. Let's start over. The best Manchester City triple up option. Do we focus on all out attack? Now, here we go. Manchester City prevent present quite a few players from which to choose, right? Um, almost their entire starting 11 um, is <laughs> provides viable options to choose from. The top of our list, however, are Aguero, Sterling, Ederson, both Silvas, and Laporte. Then there's the fringe differential players like Sané and Zinchenko. Zinchenko's actually been playing quite well for them in the league lately. Um, The trick, as always, for this team is to try to read Pep's mind. Pep Roulette is an enigma that frustrates and befuddles FPL managers all over and week after week. So first off, a Man City triple up for the week and even the remainder of the season, including non-double game weeks, is a wise choice. Because of the abundance of quality options, choosing the best three is the challenge, however. Normally, in an exercise like this, us managers are tasked with predicting which players from a particular club are likely to score the most FPL points. It gets even more complex with City because of rotation concerns. So not only are we trying to predict who will score the most points, potentially, if they play, we're also trying to figure out if they'll play or not, and if they do, how much. Our best advice for handling this is this. Don't get too hung up on the threat of rotation. Trying to determine how Pep will handle things is an exercise in futility. We've tried it. I'm sure you've tried it. And it doesn't really work out so well because there's always a surprise. Um, And we know, especially for this week, there's a lot of talk about Sterling playing one game and being benched for the other because of how much um, he's played during the international break, whereas Aguero has been rested um, and just trained with the team, and people are predicting that he'll start both games. Um, Who knows, quite honestly? Kind of hard to ignore the form that Sterling's in. So on one side, you could think that, that Pep has no choice but to start Sterling in both games because every single point matters when uh, Liverpool are sitting right there to snatch the title away as well. So why wouldn't he play Sterling? The other consideration is this. Um, And let's take Sterling as the example. Just because, as we mentioned, he's played a lot of minutes for England doesn't necessarily mean that he'll be benched for either of City's two games. And just because Aguero is well-rested doesn't mean that he's guaranteed to start both games. So we're not going to get caught up in this debate. Remember this, and here's where I was going with this. Even if Sterling or Aguero or both of them, even if their minutes are managed, players like this can score 
large hauls, even in limited minutes. And like we said before, minutes don't always equate to more points. So um, try not to get too caught up in that if you can. That's our advice, at least. Um, we do like the idea of a three-headed Manchester City attack. Um, as of right now, the three that we're going with in our free hit draft are Aguero, Sterling, and Bernardo Silva. And why Bernardo over David Silva? Well, just think, um, Bernardo plays a little more under Pep. And also, um, the guy just hustles. I just like his style of play. I think he's he tends to look to me like he's a little more involved in what's going on. Um, and I also believe that he's a bit cheaper than David Silva as well. So, um, you know, a couple of um, observational influencers in our decision and then maybe a tactical influencer or two in that. Um, we just feel that there's more, and why we're tripling up on the Manchester City attack is that we just feel that there's more potential for points to be earned on the attack than there are to be had defensively. We just, you know, one goal allowed defensively, and that ruins uh, the possibility of a clean sheet. And of course, attacking returns aren't nearly as common for defenders as they are for attackers. Um Looking at the points per match, the attacking trio of Sterling Aguero and David Silva, who I know we're talking about Bernardo Silva for our team, but just so you know, in all fairness, Sterling Aguero and David Silva, um, their points per match is greater than that of Sterling Aguero and a defensive player, for instance. Um, but, of course, that's not to say that someone like Laporte or Ederson won't possibly add a lot of value. We just think the values, the greater potential for value is to be had on the attacking side of things. So the all-out city attack is the strategy that we're currently on, and unless convinced otherwise, the one that we will stick with. All right, now, best budget midfield option for game week 32, or options, I should say. And there's a lot of them. So uh, we're not going to go through all of them, but we'll go through a few. Um, and, of course, you can do some research and we can post some information. And as part of this article, our good friends at FPL Football Advice will also, and I've seen a thread that he has uh, put on Twitter where he does a really great analysis of a lot of players. So I expect that we'll see that in the article that comes out uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. Um, when you're listening to this podcast. So for us, staying true to the theme of our many options for Double Game Week 32, which, as we've mentioned, there are many options, um, there's definitely no shortage of viable mid-priced or budget midfielders. So here's a few that, that we like that popped up on our radar screen, and hopefully these things help you make a little bit more of an informed decision. So those budget and or um, mid-priced midfielders on our watch list for week 32 include Milivojevic. He's 6.3 million pounds. Um, he is at home to Huddersfield and then away to Spurs. Really, really high ICT index. I think the highest of the midfielders that we'll list here. It's a, 
190.5. He has an expected goals of 1.66 over the last five games, which is is healthy um, and the highest on his team. <clears throat> and he has just 8% ownership, so a bit of a differential like we talked about earlier. And he's also on penalties for Palace. Now, uh, that's not to say that Palace are going to get two penalties per match in game week 32, but even one certainly helps. Next up is his teammate, Andros Townsend, a bit cheaper. Townsend is 5.8 million pounds. Um, he also has a, a little less than half the ownership. He has 3.7%, um, but almost nearly as high an ICT index. He has 186.3, whereas, as we mentioned, Milivojevic has just over 190. Um, but Townsend's expected goals over the last five games um, is low. So where Milivojevic's was 1.66, Townsend's is just 0.89, which still isn't terrible, but not nearly as good as it could be. <clears throat> Next up, um, a very popular option among the free hitters this week is Delafeu. He's at 5.6 million pounds, and he has an ICT index of 123.9, so much lower than Milivojevic's and Townsend's. Um, but an expected goal, expected goals, sorry, um, over the last five games of 2.11, which is the highest among Watford players. So um, of the three midfielders we've read off, Delafeu is not only the cheapest of the three, but also has the highest expected goals over the last five games. He's at 5.4% ownership, um, and Watford face Manchester United away and then Fulham at home in game week 32. Next up is Hota. He's at 6.1 million pounds, um, and he's produced quite well for Wolves. His ICT index is a bit higher than De La Feu's. Hota's is at 129.3. And his expected goals over the last five games is just 0. .70. He's at 4.6% ownership. And Wolves are away to Burnley and then home to Manchester United. And you know how that team does against top six opponents. So um, don't overlook... Uh, Wolves midfielder or even Jimenez up top. A lot of discussion as an aside about um, about Wolves rotation. And, you know, there may be something to that. Um, they're pretty much locked into – there's no way they're cracking into the top six um, before the end of the season. So there's not a ton – to play for there. It's not like they can stretch and possibly <clears throat> crack into the top six. They're pretty secure in the spot they're in right now. Um, so maybe the, the FA Cup means a little bit more to them than a Manchester City, for instance, or a Manchester United. Um, so there could be something to Wolves rotation. So just, uh, you know, keep an eye on that and give that some some consideration. But that doesn't mean it needs to scare you off of choosing a Wolves player either. Like we said, uh, you have Jimenez on your team. He could easily score two and maybe assist one or two um, away at Burnley. So not to worry. 
next up on our list of cheaper midfielders, affordable midfielders, is Camarasa. By far uh, the lowest price on the list at 4.5 million pounds. Um, Cardiff have a tough, tough schedule going into game week 32. However, um, they have Chelsea at home and then they're, they go away to Manchester City. So not the easiest of matches for them. Um, but Camaros has done quite well for his team. Very high ICT index, especially for a Cardiff player of 142.1. Um, his current ownership is just under 2%. And his expected goals over the last five games is the second highest on the team at 1.7. So not too shabby for Camarasa. Lastly on our list is Pascal Gross. Yes, he's injured. So this all sort of boils down to if um, in his manager's press conference towards the end of the week, those usually happen on Thursday and Friday, if, um, you know, some good news comes and he's declared fit and available and likely to play in week 32. That would be a good thing for his team and, and certainly for any of his owners. Um, and if those announcements happen, then um, I think he's worth taking a risk on, quite honestly, um, because he is a playmaker and he does make things happen and he is actively involved in goals for his team. So Brighton's fixtures in week 32, they are home to Southampton and away at Chelsea. Um, He's a little bit on the higher price side compared to some of the other midfielders we've read off this list. Um, But he could also be a surprise standout for the week if, of course, as we mentioned, he's deemed fit to play. Um, one and a half percent ownership. It's got a good ICT index, especially for being out injured lately of 126.4. And despite being out with an injury for the last two games, his expected goals over the last five matches is um, among the top of his team at 0.97. So not too bad for a player that has... Um, been out 40% of the last five games that he's being measured over. And then, of course, there's other affordable options out there. Um, Carrera, Matinho, and even Conte, though he's a bit more defensive, he does occasionally get um, involved in the Chelsea attack, and he's cheap um, to choose from. But in terms of attacking returns, we think that the ones that that we really highlighted and drilled down on – are the best to help managers make the most of their budgets. And not only help them make the most of their budgets, but even deliver some real value. So that's going to do it. A bit of a sneak peek for our article um, that should come out on Wednesday, which is the 27th. So as you're listening to this, take a look for it. As we mentioned, we will post something in our Insta stories that will include a link to uh, the article. And of course, keep hitting us up with DMs. We've gotten a lot of DMs over the past couple of weeks, a lot. Um, We've seen a lot of good teams. You guys are brilliant. You ask a lot of good questions. Um, You present us with a lot of good uh, team combinations, squad combinations. So um, 
we love the dialogue with you guys. I think that's um, that's one of the greatest things of having the account we do, and we're really grateful um, for the followership that we have at well over 26,000 still blows my mind, um, and just the the conversations that we have with you guys. We, we talk to a lot of you, and um, we hope we continue to talk to even more. So that's going to do it going into Double Game Week 32. Hit us up on Instagram. DM us if you have specific questions. We will get back to you as quickly as we possibly can. And we wish you nothing but green arrows, guys. So we wish the best for your team. And um, we'll talk to you on the other side. Take care. Bye.